Hello. Hello there, and welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I am joined with my co-host, John. Hey, what's up? That was a great, that was a, a bit of a um, start of Thank the you. podcast. Thank I'm <laughs> really, hello. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really nailing this intro, and every yeah, week, every week like, gets stronger. <laughs> you're like, you're memorizing it, like, you're like, uh, you're like you know, like the, uh, the Flash, you know, like season one, you oh, like, yeah. he says you can say the whole thing, everything yeah. in every episode, oh, like, yeah. my name's very, fa- uh, my name's my name's very, very fast, fast my yes. life. I'm from Starlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Barrel Allen. Barrow Allen. Um, yes, we made this uh, um, superhero called Barrow Allen. Uh, yeah, if any of you have played the Lego Pirates of the Caribbean games, you know where you can run on the barrels? That's Barrow yeah. Allen, the fastest barrel alive. The, the fastest barrel alive. I mean, it's brilliant. I was, I was in ships, and ships is like a, a, an anagram for something, so... Yeah, oh, I can't You can work it out. You can work it out in the comments, but... I don't even know if yeah. I can work it out, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, here, here we are, um, back in lockdown for the UK, for the third time running, uh, colleges are off and, you know, schools and all that, so we're fully locked down here. Hope everyone's staying safe and all that yeah. stuff. Like, um, you're playing video, video games, yeah. or you're playing, uh, or you're watching films, yeah. or Ooh. you're Ooh. Oh, doing Oh, Lordy, I have so many films that I've watched already. You know how many films I've watched in 2020 uh, already? Just, just tell us some. I've watched 14 films. In, in eight days, which I think is very impressive. Eight days? Mm-hmm. So technically, I didn't watch one on the first day of January, so I've watched two films a day for a week. Oh, that's not too bad, really. Like, you're watching two films t- per yeah. day? Sorry. That's not too bad, really, no, because... Not, not really. I mean, I, yeah. you know, it could be worse. could be three films a day. <gasps> but, yeah, um, this is going to be my... Uh, New Year's resolution. Watch as many films. Oh my god. I'll tell you what, you scared me then. I thought you were going to say this is going to be my last episode of the podcast. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? He's leaving? What? 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 I don't know why that was in my head. No idea why you said... I don't know why that was in my head. But sure. Right. Sure. Um, Well, we have a... You know, it's it's been... It's quite a... An interesting week of uh, news, I think. So, uh, I mean, let's get into it. So, first of all... It, it, <laughs> week of news. A week of news. Only the nerdy stuff. I mean... <laughs> oh, there's been... There has been... This there's week. been other news. It's been, it's been a slow week. It's, like, it's, been a, it's been a fairly slow week for... There have been a couple of interesting nuggets, I think, but there have been some other news that we're not going to cover, but, you know, hope yeah, everyone's uh, doing okay. The only nerdy stuff. Yeah. You know, we only crave... We're not going to deal with real issues. <laughs> oh, Neil. Okay, so our first piece of news is that it seems like Jodie Whittaker is going to be leaving Doctor Who as the 13th Doctor. Wait, that's that's right, isn't it? Yeah, 13th Doctor. Um, sometimes I lose track because, like, there are the, there's the War Doctor and then, like, Tennant technically had two regenerations. Like, it all, it all, you know, it's all a big thing. You know, they should have stopped with, uh, to be honest, I think they should have stopped with Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Like, I agree. Finishing, I well, I just, think now, that, I just think that, you know, his his Doctor, you know, I just, I just thought that it was a good place to end, and I don't think that yet uh, Jodie Whittaker's run has provided anything really, you know, kind of special. Well, I'm thinking, and I'm really sorry, John, but I'm thinking maybe we should um, watch series uh 
11 and 12 for the pod at some point. I'm no. really, I'm really yeah. sorry. Ah! I know you don't want to, but they're on BBC iPlayer. And well, when series 13 comes out, maybe we'll cover all of Doctor Who. Uh, well, not all of it. All, all of the series 13. Series 13. Uh, yeah. Brings back Matt Smith or David. Well, Matt Smith, David Tennant, Peter Capaldi. It won't. It won't. It would. I mean, I really doubt that. I think we're gonna. So 2020 was the 55th anniversary. I think something like that. So I reckon and whenever they do the 60th anniversary, maybe then they'll think about bringing back some of the old Doctors. Oh, what about the 75th? Oh, 75th will be... That's a long time away, though. Yeah, that's a long time yeah. away. But yeah, I mean, it's a real shame, because I thought Jodie Whittaker could have been like such a good Doctor, but... Yeah, yeah she, aside... she was, she was, was good, yeah. Yeah, aside, her, aside yeah. from some, you know, good moments, I don't think she's been written that well. Yeah. Um, unfortunate. Mean... Uh, well, I tried to watch the first, uh, no, the, the the first season of the Thirteenth Doctor, uh, but it's just so wanna. It's not the Chris, same. Yeah, Chris Chibnall, just, he's done things to Doctor Who that I do not. Yeah, connect he, with he just, he just, I don't know what he's done. I still. He, the, <sighs> the thing is, and this is really annoying, is that I still watch it every time, and every time it's the same. I say, okay, I'll watch it. It might be good, and it's never good, and it makes me sad. Why do I keep on watching it? I don't uh, know, and I'm never going to stop, because I like Doctor Who. I don't have uh, the, the power to stop, you know? I mean, it's like the case when I... Um, what, what, what film franchise I thought it was really good? I don't know. Ah, yes. Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, come on. That's bloody brilliant. There's actually, oh. there's actually yeah, um, on YouTube, there's a video essays on two oh, of the... Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. By, by, the, uh, by Brown Table. Um, yeah, Brown Table. If anyone yeah. hasn't watched Brown Table, that, like, he does incredible video essays, especially, I'm going to plug, and I might, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put this in the description, um, um, the, the Dive for Wimpy Kid video essays, um, yeah. they are insane, like... I think me, me and you, John. I think we're part of the generation who grew up with the Dive Wimpy Kid films and loved yeah. them. And then you have this video, like this piece of, you know, like this video that really champions them. Yeah, like it, it, this is the film that we watched in our childhood. Like um, it, it was like something to watch for uncertain future, but it was like for us, like yeah, you know. Yeah, it was just too weird. Just I like... used to love those books, and I loved the films, man. Like the first three, oh, oh, the the absolute masterpiece. The whole like... trilogy, one would call yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like Roderick Rules is an absolute oh. masterclass oh. in filmmaking. Listen, listen, it's got our favorite scene of all time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh my god, we'll have to do a commentary could... track for those films. We we couldn't stop laughing for like. Ten minutes straight <laughs> of how amazing this scene was. It, like, it was incredible. It I was incredible. Think, I don't think my like, life has ever got any better than that. I, I, I think Beethoven was quiet after the watch. <laughs> he was, was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking if we ever, if we, if we ever, if we're ever out of lockdown and we ever get to do the commentary tracks that we want to do um, after Fast and Furious, maybe we should do Dave Wimpy Kid as well. We should. That would be great. Yeah. Ah. Uh, you should have hear, heard us uh, watching Fast and Furious. We could have <laughs> laughing, but it, it would have been great for, yeah, for content. But, uh, yeah. 
We've still got to yeah. watch Fast and Furious 8 and Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Fast and Furious 8. If we will ever get the chance to do that. If the ninth Gag- film ever even comes out. Who knows? <sighs> who knows? What a what a time uh, to be alive. Okay, so this is some... I guess you could call this uh, un- uncasting news again. Uncasting which is, news. Which, which is... No, this is, this is uncasting news. So somebody's actually leaving a role, which is really oh. upsetting. Cyborg is being written out of The Flash... And not being recasted, uh, that he's been written out in general because of um, Ray Fisher left the role because uh, he said in a statement on Twitter that uh, he doesn't feel like the investigation into Justice League and what happened on on the set of that film and uh, the you know investigation into Joss Whedon and all the stuff you know uh, accountability over entertainment the stuff that he has been uh, fighting for 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 you know quite a big portion of last year. He doesn't think it went farther further enough, so he's decided to leave the role for at least the time being. And I think that's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like, you know, like I would, I, I would have loved to see him in the Flash. I thought that he was good in Justice League. I can't wait to see him in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And yeah, I, I think he's gonna knock it out of the park. I agree. Like Zack has said that that Cyborg is very much the heart and soul of his film. And even in the trailer, you can see that with, like, you know, like some of the stuff like him crying and some of these things that, you know, look so much more, like, emotional and human than yeah. what we like, got. I think that Cyborg uh, is, like, a computer, but he has, like, you know, like, with feelings, you know, like, you know, mm. Wizard of Oz, you know, like, uh, like the brain and everything. So, are you comparing Cyborg to the Scarecrow in which no, the sca- Oh, God. <laughs> the Scarecrow is the one with no, the brain. No, ignore me, viewers. Ignore me. I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, Listen. someone needs to edit I that. Somebody out Cyborg there, edit that together, the- please. What? <laughs> we need that. We need that edited. I think no, that's please, a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. Please, no. The Wizard I of Oz. Am- Starring Cyborg as all the roles, including anyway, no, the dog. Wait, oh my god, I don't know why I compared <laughs> that. Anyway, you know, like, uh, like every, uh, like every well, you got Superman, you got Aquaman, you got Flash, you got Batman, uh, and Wonder Woman. They're all like human, right? You know, mm-hmm. they have feelings. But in Cyborg, he's like the odd one out. You know, he's like a robot, but then he has feelings as well. You know, like this is going to be like the heart and soul of this film. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, just ignore me comparing to someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm mean, like in terms of the comics, I've read the new 50, the new Fifty Two Justice League run by uh, is it by Jeff Johns? I think it, I think um, it is by Jeff Johns. I'm trying to have a look. By um, Jim Lee. It is yes, yeah, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. I think I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it is Jeff Johns. The whole thing is Jeff Johns, um, and it's his run. And I think Cyborg is really, like, you know, at the centre of that story, and you really get, like, a feel of the kind of torment that he goes through as a character. And I think he's a really interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so now we have some news for Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. Uh, Ah! So, uh... uh, Wait, Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel, you know? Yes. Uh, Yes. It's going to be PG-13, and you're going to like it. That's what that's what he said. So he said at the it's, gonna, did, did he say, "Oh, you're gonna like this"? He did. He did. He said it's gonna be well. It, when they did um, the the Comic Con pa- panel in 2019, uh, 
um, they were talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness, and the then-director, Scott Derrickson, said, like, oh, this is going to be the first MCU horror film, and someone in the, in the, in the crowd shouted, rated R, and then Kevin Feige said, no, it's going to be PG-13, you're going to like it, and it's like, whoa, okay, whoa. that was very okay. awkward, in my opinion. Uh, that was a very awkward moment, you know, like, you're trying to go to the, um, Apple, um, show, and then, uh, you've got the new, they're showing the new iPhone, right? Yeah? So, yes. they're showing the new iPhone, and then, uh, someone, and then the, 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 the presenter goes, oh, yes, this phone will be, like, the best phone of all time, and then some of the crowds go, is it something better than the new phones? And then, no, it's just the same hardware and everything. So, yeah, that's how exactly the situation was like that that's so. pretty much spot on yeah so he is directing a star wars film so this will probably be his first ever directing project and my god i hope it's good because like god damn it i don't think i don't have any interest in kevin feige being in star wars at all and for his directorial debut to be something as big and beloved as Star Wars, I can't handle if there are just more people, you know, getting all in a fuss about Star Wars. And it's just like, can we just have some, like, films that are, like, uh, oh, just I, uh, good? I hate to mess up, like, all these Star Wars universe stuff, you know, like, if Kevin Feige messes up one single thing, it could mess up the whole thing. Oh, definitely. Like... I don't even have to get started on the inconsistencies that they, uh, you know, get into on the rise of Skywalker. But I mean, that's a that's a bloody story for another day. Um, but yeah, so his Star Wars film has found a writer, uh, Michael Waldron, who is working on the Loki series. So I guess, um, I guess it's not not a surprise that it's some that the writer is somebody affiliated with the MCU because like. Kevin Feige is all over the MCU. He probably has, like, contacts in the MCU and all that stuff. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but it is kind of like, okay, I don't really know because I haven't seen anything else that this guy's done. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not excited for this game, but I can tell it's going to be very, very complicated. Like, there's going to be characters and there's going to be, like, a lot of things that was going to happen at once. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't know what the you know because like they could take the MCU approach and be like we're going to make loads of films and we're going to have them cross over and I don't know that feels just strange to me. Like I don't I think Star Wars is an event. Like the films are okay. Uh, just a little. Um, Michael Waldron also uh, worked on Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty! That's the one. So, yeah. um... Rick Oh, and he's working on, um... Doctor Strange... Oh, I've got an email. He's working on Doctor Strange 2 as well. So, who knows? Maybe he's got good stuff around him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Star, I think Star Wars is like... It's an event, you know? A film comes out every couple of years, and everyone gets so excited for it, and, and you know... In a perfect world, everyone likes it, and, and, and you know, like, the community comes together around this thing, like, you know, like, you see more people, like, I I mean, in my, I see, personally, I see more people liking, um, like, watching Star Wars than I do, like, an Avengers film, you know, you'll get, like, more, like, adults and stuff, like, watching Star Wars, because it's, like, a big thing since people were kids, and I know that's kind of, like, people don't like it as much as, like, unanimously as they used to, and, but... 
you know, like, we're getting so much Star Wars content, and I just, I'm not interested about this one. Until we find out more, there's not really much that I really want to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Kevin Feige's Star Wars, John? Uh, no. No, I don't think whatever you said, I just agree with you. Like, <laughs> what he said. That I've seen from Kevin Feige. Y- yet. I mean, he's proven himself to be a good producer with the MCU films, but uh, we, I, I guess you don't know about directing just yet. Yeah, directing is a huge role. Like definitely, definitely. You, you, you just can't go and like, oh yes, I want to direct this big movie, a big no, Star Wars. It's movie. not that simple. You gotta, you know, you just gotta develop it. You got, you gotta think about carefully what you're gonna do. You, you gotta, gotta do beat and baby steps. Like you gotta do something. You gotta think creative first. You know what Quentin Tarantino does? He writes up the script, and he, he writes it, and then just uh, and then when he finished it, it's like. Should I publish this? No. Uh, well, he's going to publish it, he says. But, yeah. And then he's going to think about it. So, yeah. That yes. he does. That made, that made total sense to me. No, no, wait. <laughs> let, me get, let me get the right thing, what you said. Because I was um, reading it the other day. In the beginning, in the... Uh, right, so... Uh, it says that when I'm writing, it's about the page, not the movie. It's about the cinema or anything. It's just literature of me putting my pen to paper and good and a good page. If I do my job right by the end of the script, I should be having the thought: if I just publish this and not make, I am done. I yeah. am done. Right. I could be actually be okay. I think that that is a good way to look at it. You know, you you know, you want to get the right kind of. You know, like, Kevin, I, you know, Kevin Feige, as a producer, you're very much an ideas man. You're thinking, okay, let's do this, this, and this. We'll take these characters in this direction, and then we'll make this set up this. And that's how the MCU kind of works. And you get the writers to do the actual, like, plot of these films, you know, with him kind of working as a consultant. And you're right, you know, that if, if it's done right, you could take those stories into the form of comics, TV, film, and, and then directing is a whole different shebang. Shebang, yeah. Shebang. Bang! Okay, so that's it for news. Uh, that, so that, wait, that is it for that's news. That's it for news. Not much news this week. Uh, there has uh, been. I got a notification. Um, that I got another notification. Um, sorry, it's, it's it's my phone. And my new my new crappy phone. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's not much news this week or last week. I mean, maybe it'll pick up at some point. Who knows? Let's get into our main segment. We are going to be talking about Pixar's latest film on Disney Plus, Soul. Oh. We've both watched this film. Am I? Co- oh. I'm correct in saying that, yeah. What 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 a beautiful film. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, it it is just a great film. Um, well. I mean, wow! Yes. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Uh, okay, That's well, it. That's well, all we uh, have to say. Well, let's explain it. So, welcome to the soul segment. Like, we're, we're going to talk spoilers. So, get out yes, of here. I've seen soul. They're all spo- all spoilers. If you say yeah. you haven't seen Spo Spol, if you haven't seen Spol, well, you're in the wrong place. We're talking Spol. about Soul. Um, if you haven't seen Soul, it's on Disney Plus. Watch it. It's really good. It's you know, it, you know, it's yeah. It's got it's got everything. Yeah, it's, it's got stuff. It's got content. It's got yeah, good content. Great content. Great, great content. Um, I mean, I think I would. 
you know, this is this is like this is up there for Pixar. I mean, Pixar has made yeah so it many is good up there films. For my best Pixar films. Yeah. Like, you've got uh, Wally. Wally. You've got Cars. You've got Monsters Inc. The Incredibles. Uh, Ratatouille. 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 What? what? Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille. Yeah. Incredibles. Of course. All the Toy Story films. Yes. Finding Nemo. Yes. Coco. Um, I'm just naming. Yeah, yeah. I'm naming them all, John. I'm naming. I'm never gonna stop. A Bug's Life, Monsters University, Brave. Uh, shit, I forgot. Um, Onwards. Um, oh god. I'm, oh yeah, I'm Brave. I forgot about Brave. Wait. Um, are there more? A good, the Good Dinosaur. Frozen. Frozen. Frozen is not Pixar. How dare you? Oh wait, wait. It's animated. Oh, okay, it right. is animated. But it's Disney. Yeah, it's part of the post Renaissance Disney. Oh era. right, I, yeah. I got confused there. How dare you, sir? I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. Is that all the Pixar films? Uh, Finding Dory. Uh, Cars that's... two. Cars three. Don't forget about the shorts. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, we're talking—if we're talking feature films. I mean, I couldn't even name all the shorts. There are so many shorts. They're it's incredible. Um. Yeah, the Hobbit. Okay, I'm sorry. The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, because you got. I'm joking. They got shorts because Hobbits are short. John. I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are anymore. I feel okay. Yeah. So I feel like I mean Pixar have made many and like incredible. Oh, Incredibles yeah. too. Incredibles too. Incredible Sorry, they've made like some really good stuff, um, and like it's it's a difficult task for John for John. It's a difficult task for you, John, to get oh, well, I... to get Pixar. No, it's a difficult task for Pixar to get like consistently good films. You know. Yeah. And I think I think that I mean, did you watch Onward earlier this year? No. Right, so Onward, I thought Onward was pretty good, and I, but I do think Soul has more of that, I, I don't know, Soul that Pixar that, has. It has that, you know, that more... Uh, up! That, oh my god! That, up! Inside Out! I've, we've got Up and Inside Out, John. What? Oh! Ah! My god. Up. Oh my okay, god. Okay, continue. Continue with that thought. So, yeah, Soul has, like, more, uh, you know, like, more, a magical feeling to it, you know, yeah. like you feel like you know, it's like La La Land, but combined with like uh, existential crisis, but then <laughs> mixed up with uh, like some you know, like with not, uh, Disney Pixar films, but then it it it's so good, like yeah, that's the name of the film. It's La La Land with an existential crisis. It's on the poster. Trust me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Like the film does kind of give you that kind of, like, Earth perspective of, like, all the jazz stuff and, like, feeling that kind of spark that makes you you, that gives you your kind of, you know, like, like will to be on the planet. But then you've got, um, you know, the actual kind of, like, existentialism of, like, what happens after death. And then there is, you know, the classic kind of, like, Pixar, like, like comedy and like gags, like there's a like there's a like, the the cat, there's like you know some comedy with like with the cat, with the cat. Wow. yeah. The cat. Well, they, yeah. they do like it feels like 
like the moment that okay, so like obviously we've said spoilers, but like the moment that, that they go back down uh, to um, what's the main character called? Sorry, what's the main character called? Oh, uh, well, his teacher name's Mr. Gardner. Oh, okay, we'll call him. So it must be Joe. So Joe, Joe Gardner. Yeah, yeah, Joe, that's his name. Uh, so when they go back into Joe's body, and then he realises that he has actually gone into the, the cat and not into the, um, not into his body, I was kind of like, oh no, this is going to be terrible. But I thought it was actually a really good way of, like, showing, um, number whatever her name is. What's the other one called? <laughs> 22. 22. Listen, John, I watched this movie like... I watched this movie on Monday. I watched this movie like the day after Christmas. So like... The day after Christmas. A wow. Lot, a lot of stuff has happened since... I've watched a lot of films since then. Alright? So please, please. Give, cut right. me some slack. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I thought that, that was, it was a really unique opportunity to show like what the world is like. That doesn't make sense. Like it. Like, Wait, it does say how the world is showing to you. Like, like it's a unique opportunity to show the world from like a new perspective of something that will kind of you know just like stop and sniff the flowers. While Joe's like, oh, it doesn't matter. This is what everything's like. Just come on. And then like number twenty two is like actually stopping and you know having like moments of like, oh my god, incredible, wow. Um, yeah, and, uh, the, my favourite moments were, like, uh, like, when th they were playing the jazz music, like, Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you like... You really felt that, I think. I felt that as yeah. well, like, when he was playing the piano, like, oh, that just got you... I, it's just, like, that same emotion when I was watching La La Land. You know, yeah. that emotion where it's just, like, you got the opening... At the start, like there's traffic noise, that the camera's just uh, making oh, yeah. you follow you oh, down. Yeah. You hear different music, and then you hear the girls singing the first song, and there's a day of sun, and then it's just like, oh, everyone's just getting out their cars, and then it's just like, oh. on these hills, I'm reaching for the heights. Ah, that I mean, that is like, I mean, we've expressed this before, but La La Land is one of the greatest films ever made. For me, uh, like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. It is my top five of my top five best films. Oh, definitely, on. definitely. I uh, think, I we think need to do a comedy track on that because. Oh yeah, I mean, I would put. I think I'd put La La Land in my top three. I think it's my third favorite film of all time. Yeah, of course, in my top three as well. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I tell hate... you. I could tell you my top four, but I couldn't tell you what my fifth favorite film is, which is very random because, like. Top four, like top five, sounds much better than top four. But I couldn't tell you what. So, uh... I mean, my uh, my top four, my, my top five is quite simple to be honest. Like, you've got Memento, you've got uh, I don't know, but like, you know, Back to the Future, <laughs> uh, yes, Drive, La La Land, and Schindler's um, List. Yeah, well, we we draw similarities there. My my favourite is Back to the Future, and then Schindler's List, and then La La Land, and then Into the Spider-Verse, and then I couldn't tell you, I couldn't, I like, go into my head, I couldn't tell you what my fifth favourite film of all time is. I oh, right, I just so you gotta find it then. There are so many incredible films out there that I love to bits, and I just like, I can't, I just can't articulate which film kind of comes 
close enough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to find, you know, the film that, you know, like, uh, that suits you, you know, like that, the film that you watch, well, yeah, films are very hard to relate to, because, you know, like, there's, people have different opinions on it, like, they have, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like this bit, oh, they don't like that, that, but then, it's just about, like, the facts about the film, you know, the facts of how it was made, no, well, yeah, before. like, there's so much deeper that people, find, like, everyone gets a different experience from every different film, and, like, like, even, like, a film that isn't perfect, like, there are so many films that, like, are flawed to bits, and, like, yeah, of course, but, like, but I, like, uh, the more I, but, like, they trigger such a, there's a, been a really good video essay on Wonder Woman 1984 recently from High Top Films, um, who taught, and he talked about how, um, you know, logic and plot kind of doesn't matter all the time because of the emotions that films give you, like, and I get that, like, I love, love Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and most people don't, and I get that because they're not what everyone wants, but for me, they give me a kind of emotion, like, connect with them in a way that, yeah. So a lot of people uh, criticize on logic, logic and plot, like mm-hmm. about the films, but it's just not. It is about the emotion of the film, like yeah. what what the film is showing you, like uh, like at the end of La La Land. Spoilers oh. when oh. Sebastian was playing John, the piano. You know, make me cry. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I I get you. Like films like that when they build these things that you know really like. I get it. I, I also dictate films on logic and plot, and that does factor into it, but then there is, yeah. like, that, like, emotion that films can give you that really, like, yeah. is unparalleled, like, like, lo- like, Lord of the Rings, I can't think of film, like, a, like a film series that gives me more, like, emotion than Lord uh, of the Rings does, uh, uh, yeah, or, like, Star Wars, the original trilogy, good. like, dude, like, some of those things, and I think if we take this back to Soul, Soul has that. There is this incredible moment at the end where where Joe sits at his piano and he just plays it. Uh, oh, that was such. Oh, he, that was like I don't know. It was like a very different emotion. And you, you know, see like, these when, moments when you're watching. It's like that exact emotion when you're watching La at the yeah, end of it. You it know, is like when it really you is see the alternate universe, and then Joe, then then yes. Soul Joe's playing the piano you and see, it's just like that he sees these moments from his life like simple things like him feeling to see like hit his feet on the beach or like him seeing like fireworks from front in new york and and him playing the piano for his dad and it was so emotional like that was like that was like a, a really powerful moment for me yeah and that I, very powerful moment yeah. i have to say though from there i wasn't a giant fan of the ending like, Pixar have, like, so many emotional conclusions, you know, like, the Toy Story films, Inside Out, like, you know, I could go on all day, you know, like, Wally, Coco, I could go on all day about, like, the really, really emotional finales that Pixar films can have. I just didn't feel like Soul had that. I felt like that scene where he plays the piano was incredible and emotional, and like, and like you said, it was like La La Land, it was something beautiful and profound, and I was like, this is going to be great. But I just felt like the ending wasn't quite as emotional as it could have been for me. Well, I thought the emotion was um, good. I thought, I thought, you know, it was said not like Twenty Two's uh, journey, mm-hmm. but I, we didn't know what was Twenty uh, Two's um, spark. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just quite interesting. That, uh, but I, I really like the ending because it made us, you know, I, it made me realise, like, um, that we, you gotta be, uh, like, live in the moment, like, every single second. Like, you, you, you gotta, like, praise everything you've got around you. You, like, yeah, got the trees, like... got the air, you got everything, like, your family, you got stuff that you got in yeah. friends. It's but... like, it's like, um, here in England, literally on the sec, I think it was January 2nd, there was snow for us in Manchester, and we never get snow around Christmas time. Yeah, and yeah, for wait, me, like, wait. I went out in the morning, it was like 7am, and at the moment I saw the snow, I got, like, I got dressed, and I, and I went outside, and it was just, like, this incredible moment where I was just like, oh my god, 2020 was terrible, but I feel this kind of, like, hope. Like oh, filling me bro, up. I did the same. Right. I did the same. Exactly. Like I stopped everything what I was doing, like in my bedroom, and I looked outside and the snow. Ah, oh. it's a I, yeah. It's it's like those simple moments that just made me think, like, oh shit, we're gonna be okay. It's gonna be good. Like yeah, like the snow just gave us like hope and yeah, man. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's just reminded me of, like Play Dota twenty forty nine where Officer K. Um, was sitting down. Yeah, right, run. exactly. He just rests. That's brilliant. Hey, you know what? Blade Runner 2049. What a film as well. Oh, that needs to be in my top five. God. Yeah, no, that might be ah. my fifth favorite film of all time. Oh, man. Because, oh, like, Blade Runner, like, how well the cinematography is, like... Yeah. Oh, I agree. Like, those films are just... Like, I need to watch that again. Like, oh, I've only seen 2049 once. I need to watch it again, definitely. Yeah, I've seen it once. Yeah. I feel like hell? I haven't, you know, like, um, deserved to, like, properly criticise it because of how, uh, like, the, the, how good it is. Like, you know, like, you only watched it once and then yeah. you haven't looked back on it. Like, how and why it's so good. So, yeah, right. I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Soul, like it was all about that. You know, like the like the the core of the film was all about you know like experiencing those little moments and appreciating like you know these these like aspects of life that you know like I do you remember when the first trailer for Soul came out and. It didn't, it didn't look like any Pixar film, like, that had ever, like, ever come out before, because it looked like, you know, like, an adult film that w that would tackle these, like, large, like, issues that were much larger than, like, the average Pixar film, and, like, you know, would take, like, the concept of, of um, Coco, for example, to a more mature and kind of existential place, and I thought that, you know... I thought for the most part it nailed that. Some of the concepts that it threw, like, okay, what do you think about the the way that they the, the way that they uh, portray the afterlife in this film? Yeah, like it's a very deep film. Yeah. Too. What do you think about the way that they portray the afterlife in this film? Scary. Yeah. Right. Like, like very scary. Like every time they were introducing the great beyond. That this horrible, like, very scary music, I was like, oh. Yeah, right? Uh, it was. Yeah. And I think, you know, there was a stroke of genius 
that the film never showed you what was beyond that light. Like, yeah, that's quite good to be honest. Like, you got like um, different religion, different like things, and you you don't want uh, stuff like Disney to have that. So instead, they have something called the Great Beyond. Yeah, and it was just like this void. Like it was, as you say, it was it was pretty terrifying because it's like there still isn't any like proper kind of this is what happens it was just like shit this is like yeah. you, you die and that could actually be it like you could just like go beyond this thing and then like that might be it for you and that is i mean that's something that many people are scared about which is why i don't know death is kind of that big um you know hurdle in life yeah jeez this is this this episode has been much heavier. Yeah, than I'm so this. sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you. Ex- if this is your first episode of the podcast, welcome. I don't know what you're expecting, but this is this is this is so much like deeper than what we have ever done yeah, before. Deeper. That's what she said. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we do bring it back with some of John's incredible juvenile humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, no. And then yeah, the film is quite deep is what, what I just said like five seconds ago uh, yeah it's just like um, it just gives you on this journey with uh, Joe Gardner and then 22 yeah it's like uh, it's quite funny to see how um, like different um, like historical figures you got Abraham Lincoln you got Einstein yeah you got and then there was a like, really funny scene no there was like one funny bit about Mary uh uh, Mary on uh, anime. No, I, no, I've got a name. Mary, um, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, and then she was like, "Let me eat cake." She was in the bakery with her. Her head is still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was quite funny. And then, uh, what, uh, what I didn't know is that well, the Knicks, uh, the basketball team, yeah, and they were they were terrible uh, at winning. So, uh, but the funny thing is, like twenty two. Stop them winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, you know, I like it when they kind of played. They played with history in, in that kind of little way. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, okay. So this film, the the main two character, the, the main two actors are Jamie Fox and who, do, you, uh, do you know who plays Twenty Two? Uh, I've got any. What's she called? I want to say it's Tina Fey, but... It is Tina Fey! Yeah, I, I thought it was Tina Fey. Um, let me have a look. It was! Wow. The first... That's so weird. The When you Google Soulcast, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are second and third. The first build actor is David Diggs. Like, he has, like, three lines in the film. Hey, I guess what I guess that's what you get for being in Hamilton. Um, but yeah, what did you think of those two main actors? Oh, they're great. Yeah, uh, I think they have like a really nice like kind of chemistry with each other. Yeah, and Jamie Fox, you know, like you see Jamie Fox in the very uh, high um, octane films, like very action films. Yeah, but then you see him like a very um, calm character. Yeah, like a down to earth kind of character. Well, I've only ever seen him, I might be wrong here, but I've only ever seen him in, um, 
in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I can't think of anything else that I've seen him in. Uh, he was in, you know, last year's Project Power, but I didn't watch that. You seen him? Have you seen him in anything else? From... Have you, yeah, what have, what have you seen him in, other than Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh! Uh, Baby Driver. Oh my god, of course! Ah, I hate myself uh, now. You're not the one who forgets stuff today. Oh <laughs> no! And then, he was in... Of course he was in Baby Driver, what the hell am I talking about? Oh, mate. Are you dumb? Um, yeah, I think I am. I think I oh, and he was in that uh, Project Power. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Uh, I didn't watch that because uh, it, it wasn't supposed I to be that good. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, but I thought they were good together. Like, I was so worried because, like, that first trailer was so good until that bit where, like, he was actually in the, like, Great Beyond talking to 22. Great and... Before. What? The Great Before. Oh, the great before, yeah. Um, he was in the great before, should I say, talking to twenty two, and and I was really scared because it looked kind of like too Pixar-y, too kind of like childish for me, and that wasn't what I kind of wanted from that film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. 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 Um, I don't know. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Soul? About Soul. Yeah. Ah, so, uh, about, uh, so, the thing about Love Soul is just the music, like... Oh, yeah, there was some good music in there. Yeah. So, I'm gonna listen to that song where Joe was playing that, so I'm gonna be listening to that. Is that sometime. on the song? Is that on the soundtrack? Maybe? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, I thought oh, the music was also great. Um, again, oh. you know... It created yeah. this kind of, like, awesome uh, climax with um, uh, with uh, what do you call it? Uh, with Joe playing the piano at the end, which was absolutely amazing. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, the chemistry the two actors uh, are great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's all I have to say about Soul. So, what do we rate ah. Soul? What are you giving it? A 9 or a 10. Right, okay. Um, I'm going to go 8 or 9. I think probably 8, only because I just, like, I was so, like, invested in the climax where he plays the piano, and I was so, like, it was so gut-wrenching and heartbreaking, and I was like, this is, this is so powerful. And I just didn't feel like the actual ending hit that mark for me as well. That was the one thing that I was kind of like, ah, well, that wasn't as good, you know? Yes. Other than that, bloody, bloody banging. I thought it was great. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, I mean, obviously we did our ranking of the films of last year before we watched Soul. But that would have definitely made my, my list of top ten. Wait, let me have a look. I've still got the list written down. Um, and I put Soul on it. Um, oh no, never mind. Soul came in at number sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I think I did a bit of jigging because I watched some other. I watched some other films um, after that, which which got into the top ten. So yeah, maybe, maybe next year we'll do the top ten a bit later, so I have time to watch everything. But yeah, uh, I thought it was great. I'd give it an eight out of ten. You go in ten out of ten, nine out of ten. 
Nine out of ten. Cool. Um, right, that is it for uh, Soul. That that is indeed it. Let's talk some uh, weekly viewing. Um, I've I've watched a lot this week, so I've watched um, a lot a lot as well. All so. right. Um, so do you want to do you want to kick it off? Well, what about you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll kick it off with the first film. Well. Not the first film. I don't know how... I'm, just one of the films I watched this week. Um, this is kind of like thinking of La La Land, actually. I watched Casablanca. Um, the, Casablanca? Yeah, the classic um, 1942 film, I think. Um, which is about um, uh, immigrants try, uh, trying to get back to... Uh, trying to get to America during the war. And then being kind of chased by the Nazis. And... You know, it, there's a kind of a a love story in like in kind of intertwined through that, and um, I mean, for such an old film and such of one of the big like classics, um, I thought it was great. Like, um, okay, so it was it was on BBC Two uh, over over the holidays, so you can watch it on BBC iPlayer if you want. Um, for anyone in the UK, I don't know where else it, where else it's available, but I definitely recommend it because it's like. It's just, like, it's so powerful in its kind of, like, messaging and the way that, like, it can, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe how, like, iconic it is. Like, there are so many, like, so, like, famous quotes that have, like, I heard it and I was like, oh, I know that quote because, like, it, it really, like, I mean, like, it, it, like, a load of people, like, I watched the ending of Casablanca in Film Studies last year. Um, it's like, even just knowing the ending, like, it was still, like, really powerful, like, it, it presented, uh, you know, like, one of those classic tales of, like, love coming through, like, um, wartime, but unlike so many, like, old kind of, like, classic films, it wasn't at all, um, predictable or, like, cheesy, it was, it was very subtle and profound and, and it managed to be unexpected, and and it wasn't, it didn't exactly have the happiest of endings for a lot of the characters, which I really, really appreciated, and, uh, you know, it was just a good time, I really enjoyed it's it, oh. I definitely recommend it, I, you know, I think it's a definite must-watch for any cinephiles out there, uh, and it's, you know, it's a classic, um, right, I'll right. watch Tonight, Tonight? Yes. As in, like, Tenet, but ten Tenet Tonight. Tenet. I need to watch that, because so, cycles. So, is it, like, Tonight as in This Evening? Tonight. Tonight as in This Evening? Yes. Okay. Tell me about it. Tell me about what? About Tonight. Oh, did you say that you watched a film called Tonight, or are you going to watch Casablanca Tonight? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm stupid. Um, okay. Alright. Tell me what you've watched. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What? Okay. I'm so uh, very sorry. I watched a film called No Country for Old Men. Oh, yes. I've seen that one. It's a great film. It's so good. I, I can hear my voice in real life for some reason. Oh, can you? Yeah. That's probably because, you've got, probably because I've got the audio turned up. 
so the uh, so the recording will hit will will recognize you. So you're just gonna have to deal with it, bitch. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, I was watching uh, you know Country for Old Men for my film studies, but uh, strangely, uh, the teacher doesn't uh, doesn't want to watch it in film studies because we want to move on on the silent films. Uh, so okay. then we watched other silent films. But anyway, well, you're doing silent so, film. What you're doing silent film now instead. Yeah. Oh well, that's weird. We're doing silent film in film studies too. Oh, that's yeah. We're doing Buster Keaton. Yeah, we're doing Buster Keaton. Wow, that's weird. Uh, I guess maybe like it's, we're it's supposed just... to uh, talk about No Country for Old Men, but then instead she, uh, I had to watch it in my home, obviously in my home, and uh, we had to uh, like discuss this uh, about like the differences between this film and that film. And, uh, yeah, it's, but, but I, I don't know why, but someone just came in the room and dropped shoes. Uh, and then, uh, it's obviously so, the shoe man, the man who comes with the shoes at night. It's here. It's not, it's really not so, night, it's the morning. <laughs> so, uh, so with this, uh, so, uh, yeah, so I had to do a hope on that. But anyway, uh, apart from all the work. I thought No Country for Old Men was, like, a really good film to yeah. watch. I, I, I don't know why I missed it that she said, uh, uh, teacher, sorry, uh, 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 forget, the, uh, forget the name of the teacher. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so um, she uh, said that she uh, thought the film was uncomfortable to watch. So Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So then, uh, so, uh, let's forget all about that. So the film, I, um, this is like the nightmare version of old Western films. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, the film focuses on, uh, two characters, but it focuses on the villain more than the protagonist. So you've got this, uh, Villain. I don't want to. Hmm, shall I spoil it? I don't know. I'm not going to spoil the name of the villain because you're going to find that later in the film. But there was like really good cameo uh, in the film that I uh, thought it was unexpected, but it was great. Wait. Uh, what? So, but what, Josh what? Brolin played a really good role. Wait. What, wait, wait. 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 What cameo? Who was the cameo? Um. Did I say cameo? Yeah, you said cameo, and I'm like, what? Who cameoed in the film? Excuse me? Okay, okay, spoilers. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson? Wait, what? I don't remember Woody Harrelson being there. He's in it. Is it? Oh, yeah! yeah. Oh, my God! As Orson... Yeah, as Orson Welles. Oh, my God. How have I watched this? I also studied this film, and I haven't... What... What? That's that's okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Keep on going. <laughs> okay. My so God. then, uh, but like Josh Brolin and uh, I forgot the name of the actor who played as the villain. Javier Bardem. Yeah. So the art. Uh, so uh, the film it, it just shows us like the psychotic, but like the psychotic um 
nature of um, of the villain. Like, it, it, there's like one scene that I really liked that showed off like the intensity. Like, um, so for example, in the early in, in the uh, early in the film, uh, uh, the villain meets up like the old man at the petrol station or the gas station. Yeah. You call it in America. Uh, and they had this conversation. Then you feel like the intensity because if you watch it like without sound, you play like, oh, this is like a normal dialogue thing that you watch. But then as you watch it with sound, there's like no music in the background. Like it's just empty and it's just like it's like it's calm. But you think there's something uncomfortable going on here, and then like. Uh, the tone of the villain is just like really creepy uh, and then the old man is like really innocent he's just like really scared of what's going to happen with this man but then um, yeah and the theme of this film I really liked is chance like yeah uh, the man uh, the villain just thinks that he uses his like he's like the fate like he's the master of his fate doing these things uh, and yeah, and I just we really love Josh Brolin's character, like what he played as, like in any other films. He he. Uh, the thing is with Josh Brolin, uh, he has not been in bad films. Like if you think about it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen him in a bad film. Yeah, so He's been in some good uh, stuff. And Tommy Lee Jones, uh, he was great in this. Like he, it, he reminded me of, like the old western films heroes type. You yeah, know, that's the that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the point. Yeah, that's the point of it. So, uh, and then uh, I just love the ending. Like a lot of people said, the ending was oh, that's it. That's that's, that's like a really poor ending. But no, if you look into the deeper meaning of this ending, it is like really powerful as well. Like um, what I thought about is like the like the old life of the Western uh, and how. Um, it worked for him and but then like for old, no country for old men it's like it's messed up and uh the world is changing and yeah and the, the film the film i really found scary was like there was no music like the entire time like yeah right i know what you mean yeah it's just like a very different very different film to watch and i I enjoyed it, like the intensity, like it was like a, a um, cat, and, uh, cat and mouse chase, like the trying, uh, the man trying to find uh, the money, but then it goes all wrong, and yeah, um, and I love the cinematography. Uh, the cinematography was by Roger Deakins. Yes, it was. Yeah, my guy, the, the guy who did uh, Blade Runner, nineteen seventeen, yeah, and did those films, and um, yeah, and and the fun fact about this is that scientists had to study which like which psychotic um, villain was uh, suitable. So they watched four hundred films, but that no country for old men um, had its villain, and they said that's like the villain is so the most psychotic. Um, so yeah, wow, yeah, the acting overall was amazing uh Coen Brothers I did not know it was by Coen Brothers because I watched their films this year like I watched uh, a film called Burn After Reading oh yeah uh, 
that's a great film. It's got George Clooney, Brad, uh, Brad Pitt, uh, and uh, other great casts as well. Yeah, I have heard of that one. Yeah, you should watch it. It's on Netflix. Oh, cool. Uh, and No Country, no Country for Old Men is on, on Netflix as well. Oh, nice. And, yeah. Is it Oh Nice? Yeah. And I would give this a film a 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd have to agree with you there. Couldn't think of anything else wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I didn't know what was the uh, was uncomfortable about this, but um, unless they were talking about the action, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're into that, watch on Netflix. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Right, Tom, what have you been watching this week? <sighs> what have I been watching this week? It's a blood. It's a bloody good question. Um, let me check my record. What do I want to talk about next? Hmm. I'm going to talk about Pieces of a Woman. Um, now this, what? I'm t- pieces of a Woman. Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Um, right. Now, this film is... This is the first film... So it came out on the 7th of January. So on Thursday. Um, and is the first film that I have watched of 2021. It is brutal. It is such a dark and bleak and grim film, and it just made me so sad. So the film, it is... So first of all, the film is... The first half an hour of the film is a woman giving birth. And when I say that, it is long takes without barely any cutting with, like, you see the baby coming out. Like, it is incredibly, like, painstaking detail. Wait, in long Yes, yeah, right? Oh, God. I was... I oh, was very, okay. very traumatized, and I never want to see... Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, I normally don't watch those type of videos, like, when people, no. uh, when women are giving birth. Like, no, that is right? traumatizing. I, I had like... literally just seen that this film had been given five stars by a critic that I like, so I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Big mistake. <laughs> um, um, I, uh, I'm not sure about people, like, saying, oh, yes, watching women getting birth, I'm like, no, it's like Alien, but worse. <laughs> it is. It, it's very, very scary, and I do not have the stomach for it. People who do, and the people who actually give birth, oh, my God, like, amazing. That's uh, brilliant. Uh, not not yeah, for me. Yeah, um, yeah. women. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, and so like, this is, like, the whole, like, setup, the first half an hour, like, it, it presents First this, half an hour? The first half an hour is childbirth, yes. 30 what minutes. the heck? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. You, you have to watch 30 minutes but to watch a woman getting yeah. birth and it traumatises you. In a two-hour, six-minute film, the first, so about a quarter of the film was just childbirth. It was redonkulous. So um, I watched it, and I was enjoying it. You know, like, I, I thought that at, le- at the very least the filmmaking was good. Um and after this, it then uh, looks into the afterbirth, uh, afterbirth, the after, at the aftermath. Afterbirth. What the, the heck? <laughs> the aftermath of this, and and I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was. I, th- I thought the way that they handled um, the pressure of, of the on, onto the the characters, particularly the mother of the child, 
and and this kind of spins out into like this kind of family drama situation and it's difficult to kind of tell you much about it without spoiling it so all I will say is that the actors did really good so the main two actors the mother is played by Vanessa Kirby who you will know from Mission Impossible um, yes. and the, um, the the father is uh, Shia LaBeouf who you will know from Transformers, Indiana Jones, uh, more recently Honey Boy and the Peanut Butter Falcon. He's a re- he's a pretty good actor. Um, put aside some of the stuff that has come out about him recently, uh, and I thought they both did excellent jobs. And but, but the thing is, the thing that made this film they're so difficult is how bleak it was. There was n- there was no light. There were no like like jokes. Nothing that really got me like you know more interested in it and there wasn't any kind of glimmer of hope until the very end when there was like a bit of like like happy stuff which was a good place to end on but it was just a film that just left me feeling so empty inside and I know that might have been an intentional thing and if so well done it did a great job but it just didn't hit like it just didn't meet the mark for me um, I really, I would give it an 8 out of 10, and I think it is a really good film, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I'd, I think I'd recommend it to people only if you want to see, like, a depressing film with 30 minutes of childbirth, but if not, like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> if yeah. not, I totally get that, it was just incredibly difficult to watch, um, but I did enjoy it, so yeah, I would say that one's good for, depending on the per- kind of person you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, that's a yeah. I I, I saw. I, I looked at on Netflix with Shia LaBeouf. I was like, oh, the guy from Transformers. And yeah, when you said about Shia, oh, right. I tell you what, he he's done some really good stuff though. Uh, since Transformers, <laughs> like some of his work, I think has been really good. Yeah, of course. Uh, so another film. Uh, I watched is called um, Crash. Crash, okay. Uh, yeah, just that's it. Just, just, just crash. Just crash. And you'll be very surprised about the cast. Uh huh. So the cast of uh, Crash. Uh, I don't know why. So <clears throat> you've got Don Cheadle, uh, Danny Neeson, uh, yeah. Matt Gillian, Jennifer Esposito, uh, Terence Howard, uh, Ryan Philippi. Uh, Ludacris, Brendan Fraser, uh, William Fincher, I don't know how to say that, Lawrence Tate, Lawrence Tate, Loretta Devine, and Sean, yeah, you you don't know, oh, and, and, it's got the guy from Ant-Man, I forgot his name. The villain, perhaps? Not the villain, the, wait. He's not in this. What? He's not in this cast. What? He was in the film. Is it um, Luis from Ant Man? Yeah. Oh, uh, Michael Pena. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? He's not in this cast. Uh, that is just ridiculous. Uh, right. Uh, I'm annoyed about that. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. Yeah, so Crash is uh, a film, I don't know, it, it, it is a film, uh, so it's about, I don't know how to explain it. Like, usually films are very easy to explain apart from Tenet or anything like that, but <laughs> t- uh, Crash, Crash is about a moment 
something that's going to happen, like, uh, about these all these characters, and these characters all connect at one point of the film, like, something that's going to uh, connect all together. And there's, like, moments of the film that uh, happens, and... Uh, and there's like some there's some funny moments, but then there's like dark moments, and it's just like there's like um, it talks uh, there's like racial dis uh, dis discrimination, and there's like um, other things that's happening as well. And this sets in LA, and it goes through like all the people that are living and in different places, and uh, and it is and it talks about like really dark things as well but there's like a bit of what we said like about like um this film's like dark and then it's um there's hope as well so um yeah it does talk about the, the dark subjects but then there's like some funny moments that i liked and uh and fun fact i watched this on my 15th birthday and my dad showed it to me and i was happy and uh yeah and, oh, so, uh, so and watch- the film i would give it a nine or ten, a nine or ten, because um, it showed us like really um, powerful stuff in the film, and uh, we went on this journey with these different characters, and it was not too complicated, which I really liked, it was simple, like with these complicated stories about these too many characters, but they did it really well, and I give them credit to that, and there's like really shocking moments in the film, so I would give it a watch. Cool. Um, I recommend it so much. Cool. Um, I think I, you know, I've got more things to that I could talk about, but uh, I think I'm going to leave my v- weekly viewing there. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that would be all. Yeah, uh, I think we uh, discussed on our weekly viewing. Uh, and uh, tell us what you've been watching in the comments or email. Yeah, please do. You know, tell us. All that stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, um, that is it for this week. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about One Division, uh, season one. Um, uh, the first two episodes are coming out on Friday, so uh, we'll talk about that um, in the weekly viewing. No, that's just going to be our main thing. Um, oh right, that, okay. that'll be our main segment, and then. But- this is what we did for Mandalorian, so... Yeah, yeah, so we're going to... Yeah, the first episode, well, in this case, the first two episodes, we're going to talk about them in, in with its own main segment, and then every week we'll have, like, a separate segment, like we did the Mandalorian. Um, and, yeah, I'm quite excited for that. And the week after, we will... Because um, Wonder Woman and Ice Age 4 is coming out in the UK on the 13th, so this Wednesday. So the week after, we will be doing Wonder Woman 84. Finally, hopefully... I really uh, yeah, damn hope so. Probably. I've been wanting to talk about this for so long. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, that is it for us. Anything you want to like comment on or tell us about, like anything you've been watching or your opinions on Soul or anything like that, comment it down below or email us at, at OustimeFilmPod at Gmail or um, DM us on Instagram or Twitter or just tweet at us. Whatever you want to do, that is all um, great. Uh, as always, uh, email is OustimeFilmPod at Gmail. Uh, our Twitter and Instagram are both at OustimeFilmPod. Uh, I am at Tom the Boardman on Twitter. I am Comedy John 42 on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, I uh, hope everyone's keeping safe. All that stuff. Um, all, that, all that stuff and know, all that jazz. All that jazz, as we love to say. Um, yes. And yeah, um, 
I don't think I have anything else to say. No? No. No, okay. nothing to say. You know, like, a big speech, but no. Well, uh, damn it, John. I told you, you got to make a speech. Um, you don't have to make a speech, don't worry. <laughs> uh, speech, speech. Uh, no. Well, um, yeah, so, uh, everyone, who, I hope you all had fun. That's what, that's yeah, what we... I hope you enjoyed our week, this week's podcast. Yeah, um, and, yeah, so, you know, hopefully sometime soon we'll be able to get back onto the emails, but, you know, as always, we'll be taking, we'd love to, to take some emails and, and all that, yeah. but... Um, and be safe. Um, yes, please be safe. A lot worse, I think. No. It's getting, it's, it's... It's moving. Time is definitely moving out there. Yeah, I mean, recently what happened, it's been chaotic. But yeah, uh, it's very chaotic. Um, yeah, let's well, no need to cover that on here. But yeah, uh, yeah, no cover that because this is twenty twenty one. Twenty one is a good time. This is a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. You know, you gotta you gotta be chill. You gotta listen to Hans Zimmer, get coffee oh, or yes. Diet Coke or oh yes. Just, just sit down and just enjoy what you got in your special. Definitely, I agree. Um, but yeah, so uh, without why, <laughs> you couldn't see that, but I just did like a really weird like hand gesture. I was like, yeah, jazz hands, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah same as uh, well. But, but yeah, uh, that is it for us this week. So um, take what you're given. <laughs> yes, push back. Goodbye. Goodbye.